Hello, I'm Rabban Bacon, and we are Success Across Boundaries, a group of individuals tapping into the experiences of expats, their success stories, and key learnings for fostering future cross-cultural exchange. This podcast is sponsored by Relosophy, relocation and growth solutions in Germany for active global citizens. You can find them on therelosophy.com. Next up is Srividhar Kalyanyaram, who works as a journalist in Belgrade. Can you start by telling us a few words about yourself and your current professional engagements? My name is Srividhar Kalyanyaraman. I was born and raised in Mumbai, India. Originally from the south of India, ethnically, but my parents kind of moved and started this migratory journey before me, so it kind of precedes me. I grew up in Mumbai. I moved to other cities in India when I was 19, and I'm a journalist by trade and training and profession. I now engage and spend my time doing research and writing projects. I'm not actively employed as a journalist anymore, but of course, you know, it never leaves you. So I do some reports on the side when I get and have the opportunity, but otherwise I'm just engaged in doing research and writing projects. And so how do you see the different phases of your career across India, New York, Boston, Berlin, Bonn, and now Belgrade? When you put it like that, it sounds a lot grander than it is, but I would say that the disclaimer to this is that when an opportunity comes knocking, I tend to uh, take it and the wilder it is, the more happier I am. You know, if for me, it, it doesn't have to be proportionate with say how much I would get paid or where or how this would look in my, you know, professional career graph or a ladder if there was one. But I think really it all sparked with my interest in following stories, which got me into journalism. I left India for a fellowship, an esteemed fellowship at the time, it's now discontinued, called the Wall Street Journal Fellowship, which took me to NYU to study a master's program, a fully paid master's program at NYU, which to me uh, was a complete 360 degree turnaround to my, you know, not only my life until that point, but also the way I think, the way I interact with the world. And of course, everybody says that, you know, yeah, like moving abroad and finding your footing is a life-changing thing. And yes, it is. But for me, I think it was particularly more exciting and interesting because the people that come from, you know, my background or where I'm from do not really choose journalism as a profession. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, Indians are the biggest diaspora in the world. And if you were to look at the educated, the highly educated ones, I think statistics would show that they're mostly in math or science or STEM related careers. So for me to not do something like that, I was already setting myself up for a challenge. And that only became more interesting as time went on. I would say that my time in New York, it all carried forward. If I do the edition, it all makes sense now. But like if you had asked like say 24 year old me setting foot in New York for the first time, I would not have imagined that I would ultimately end up in a completely different side of the planet here in Belgrade. <laughs> And so this was a fellowship that is no longer running, but they basically paid yeah. higher education, which is quite amazing. Yeah, it is. It was called the Wall Street Journal Fellowship, and it was an endowment by the Wall Street Journal well, Foundation, I'm guessing. Mm. 
or endowment fund it was called back then and it basically paid for one or two business journalists from asia to study this program at NYU like i said it was a full scholarship including a stipend and everything and what have yeah. been three to four key learnings from your personal story this is something that's coming by the time which is like relevant in my life now right so i would say one of the biggest learnings is that i've learned to not take most things personally and i think that that happens it's a, it's something that i have to remind myself of like actively remind myself of three to four times a day it's like you know drinking water or mm. you know taking a shower or something as routine as that is like if something is happening around me it's not personal it's not happening to me it's just happening around me and i am a part of this grand experience because when you fail to have that attitude and i did for most of my life abroad or outside home it feels like you know all eyes are on you i constantly live under that right like it's not just that i look different or i'm different but to feel different is integral part of the migrant journey which i'm also studying by the way but i think it does help us to remind ourselves that it's not personal and people are as confused as the circumstance and as caught off guard by it as i am so i think that would be the biggest one i think the second thing is the motivation and the drivers for most people everywhere across cultures is is essentially the same maybe functionally that changes a little bit but everybody is going after the same thing and what that results in is kind of like a monoculture where people are living like identical lives in different parts of the world like an example would be if you belong to the same social economic class your life is going to look similar no matter if you live in belgrade or bombay or boston and i can vouch for it through my like lived experience right like my friends here like drink craft beer they're always looking for newer experiences they all do or have the same kind of hobbies but that goes across you know a social and economic strata rather than a cultural one we're all building a similar monoculture across the world which is influenced by the same kind of media consumption patterns that's i think the two biggest learnings that i've had that if you come with a certain set of traits and you're endowed with it no matter where you live you're you're going to find erstwhile things that you've been engaged in and you will continue finding those so you would say that class matters more than i would say so i would say so and i i don't know i mean i don't know if this is like a no holds barred kind of interview but mm. my experience has been peculiar as you know sure yeah i identify myself as you know female and from the south asian culture and i am aware of the fact that when i am you know when i hobnob in circles and when i talk to people in the us i am a brown woman but when i think about it where i come from i'm pretty privileged like i had education in an english medium or school i did my entire schooling was in english you know that's already according to me a privilege i'm part of the world hegemony so to speak second i had access to the best kind of resources that I, that one could ask for in a big city i always interacted with people from different cultures different countries because i was in you know mumbai i already walked into the bigger world with all of this given to me mm-hmm. so where i come from i grew up with people who didn't have as much as me 
but when i'm transported to a different context i am somebody who is from you know quote unquote a diverse background right and i think that context shifting and to understand and to internalize that context shift takes time but uh, yeah despite the privilege have there been any moments of struggle in your professional life and how did you overcome them Oh yeah sometimes it can be frustrating when you realize you know when the awareness that i was talking about that you know you are you are looked at at a diff- with a different lens or when you mm. you're treated differently it kind of clashes with the integrity of the work you you do or you want to do there have been moments when i felt like i was not taken seriously because i was given a chance to talk the opportunity should have been the reward but i don't look at it that way because i feel like i have worked or worked as hard as anybody else would have or maybe doubly harder to prove that i'm not just a token or just there for the sake of being there but to bring that integrity and the merit or to validate my merit with something that i think is is challenging from time to time but i think the good side of that is that you are given an opportunity now i am i i do notice that my experiences the more i stack them on people are more interested in like learning from it and through that i get to reflect on my life so to speak i think the people assuming that okay the opportunity or the platform is everything that matters and the message isn't is something that i've had to struggle with and has it ever been tough to balance your professional versus personal life and are there any specific ways to overcome those challenges yeah i think the recent example would have been although it's i think it's a bit unfair because the circumstances were not the same but my life in germany i think would be a perfect example of this there is one aspect where you you move to a country where you already feel comfortable like everybody now knows america even though they've never been there they might have not like you know set foot but they know what it is conceptually philosophically culturally right so for me to move from from mumbai to new york wasn't as much of a challenge as it was for me to move from boston to bonn i felt like a child like i didn't know the language mm. i didn't know who my friends were or i didn't i didn't have any precursor to what my life would have or or would look like when i moved to bonn already i was moving to a much smaller city which was an interesting turn to take but then i didn't like i moved to bonn when there was complete lockdown i could not cross 2 kilometers i didn't know anybody plus i was taking a turn in my professional career switching to research when i didn't know if that bet would pay off and that's when i felt like the two the personal and the professional as we call it is essentially just life Mm-hmm. and we just break it up in time slots throughout the day if i hadn't paid attention to my personal life so to speak like you know actually gone out and tried to make friends or tried to be social or tried to be active i don't think i would have gotten anything done professionally it was a very challenging time because i didn't know who my coworkers were i didn't have any coworkers i just felt like an island i was just like i just chose to be cast away and that's how i felt like my time spent in germany was but despite that i felt like this fight between wanting to prove something professionally while also maintaining my sanity was a fascinating negotiation that i made every day my time in germany i think really defines the whole 
work-life balance, personal, professional thing when I look back and reflect. And I guess the coronavirus restrictions were quite different when you arrived in Belgrade, right? Oh, yeah. It it was almost like going back in time pre-2020. Like, you know, I wouldn't say it wasn't like it never happened because it's an event that the whole world Mm. is a part of, right? So in that sense, but it was mostly like, oh, okay, so how was it for you? Or was it as bad? Or, well, don't worry, you're here now. You don't have to worry about it. That's the kind of attitude, which... Sometimes it's concerning, but when you think about it, you know, the way, given the circumstances, right? I'm coming from India where it's like the 10th of the population here, maybe even less. And there is space to move around. If you're not in Belgrade, if you can, you know, get yourself out of a big city, life is back to normal, you know, or in some parts of this country, it is almost like it didn't happen. So that way I felt okay. And like I said, I do have a self-selective crowd that I hang out with here or I move around in different circles so I, I didn't feel the I didn't feel as ostracized as I could have been mm-hmm. yeah but I find that maybe when I was in Belgrade and it was 42 yeah. degrees I asked the taxi driver like is it hard working in this heat and he was like no not a problem <laughs> I feel that they do have a sort of oh no it's fine kind of attitude to a mm-hmm. lot of a lot of things there which is quite especially the men i think it's which is yeah. quite funny it's they're quite stoic as as a people if to just to make a maybe a broad generalization perhaps. i do find that i don't think i think you might be you know one of the first people to like call them stoic but i do get what you mean mm. in terms of in terms of like the inner attitude is is stoic but i think they are able to maintain it because they just get the um, sticky and icky part of what they're feeling, how they're feeling out very quickly. You know, they're able to maintain their stoicism because they're able to, because they are so expressive. If I may exaggerate a bit, explosive even. It's all like poof and it's gone and the situation is deflated and people move on, which is very different from where I come from. You know, I, I still have the, the colonial hangover, but even if not for that, the South Asian culture is known to be a bit repressive in terms of, you know, emotions and how we feel, even opinions. We're too polite for our own good. And it's very refreshing to not be that in, to be in a part of the country where it's, or the world where it's accepted to express your opinion and people take it for what it is and they they trust that you hold this opinion and they are not scared to disagree which i quite enjoy and so circling back a little bit how do you see the relevance of your education to your current professional engagement that's a good one so i think when you train to be a journalist you're really training to be anything i'm not saying that slightly i actually mean it because there have been days where i have had the opportunity to operate you know a dummy almost like a dummy simulation of a brain surgery I have had the opportunity to go look at how crops are grown with like robots in India. I've had the opportunity to to investigate a fraud investor in Boston. So I've had an opportunity to do all of these things and I wouldn't have if I wasn't just chasing you know, a good story. So I think that what I do now, which is basically research and writing, is very much that. I think the skill that I'm really bringing 
to people who want it is being able to connect dots where people don't see them or making connections between people and incidences or stories or in the form of a story as people didn't see before is to really draw that line and put it out visually is what i think my job is and my skill is and in that sense i think that is something that i've been doing day in and day out for like for as long as i've been a journalist it's just whom i'm talking to that changes every time that's how i think about it and which skills do you think students and professionals should focus on to navigate any future global job scenarios i guess it it obviously depends on what they are doing and the industry they're in so to speak but what will never hurt to do is to be intersectional like no matter what what that is right like no matter what skill you possess you can apply it across every industry or discipline or walk of life but it is i would say these days it is important to hone a skill and it's currently it's also very important to know what you care about and this can be anything and i know i don't mean like a grand cause right like you can be you can care about something other than yourself which in itself is a big deal and which can motivate you to do better and to 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 want better for yourself but also for you know the larger community or your family or whoever it is you occupy space with i think these two things are very important because so my research is in the future of work and migration and what i notice is that people have everything but they still can't go to bed and when they fall onto the bed can't go to sleep right so to know that you care about something and to identify that is a big deal in itself and to apply your existing skill set to that is you've cracked it you may not be able to make enough money as you you wanted or as you dreamed of but you have that option open for whenever you want to change your mind but when you do apply yourself to your to a cause and bring your skill to it i think it's a lot more motivating because you're in a bigger fight that's my two cents and basically my learning over the past 2 3 years <laughs> and so let's talk a bit about living in serbia because you're the first person on our podcast to live in uh-huh. the kind of country where in the media there's maybe one portrayal and there's not many great stories about serbia coming out in the news but if you actually go there you find yeah. out serbia is a wonderful country with great people great food great culture and so there's yeah. a massive difference between what maybe people think serbia is versus what it is in reality which is a great country so i'd love to know a bit about the positives and maybe also the negatives of living in belgrade oh that's interesting okay so i've lived here for maybe 6 months at this point but i first came last year and i think it would be safe or fair to say i've had the opportunity to interact with the culture a little longer through my partner and you know this is something that i think about actively as well right because when i read news about serbia like in international media or wherever i used to think the same thing i was like wait is it really as it's portrayed but i think there is really a schism between how people live and how people i want to say engage in a civil debate the latter is not something that i am exposed to a lot 
But I do know that there is among the people who are, you know, young and educated and forward thinking, there's a real attempt to change things. But at the same time, when I interact with the youth here, they also know that that they're being cut short in the geopolitical debate. When you talk about why Serbia isn't in the EU yet or why having a neutral stance in this whole Russia-Ukraine thing helps Serbia or its relationship with, say, NATO or US or its past history. You can see the palpable, like the raw feelings people still have around it. But like you said, it's the stoicism where which is like, okay, whatever, are we going to cry about this all the time no we're going to move on we're going to do something different but at the same time there is also this apathy where they are like we can't change anything which is interesting to see they will participate in it and i'm talking about the youth right they will participate or urban youth they will participate in this monoculture that i was talking about earlier as it relates to say jobs or startups or tech or gaming. Crypto is really big in Serbia. Some of the biggest exchanges are based in Belgrade. Video gaming is a very big industry. Graphic design, it's incredible in post-production for like graphic design or motion designing or all of these things. The tech sector is booming here. The, there is talent and all of that. And they want to project that side, right? But at the same time, there is this thing where they're like, you know, we don't want this government to be there. But what can we do about it? Our vote is not going to mean anything. Because I think despite the proximity, there is a real urban-rural divide in terms of attitude. And that could be demographic. Uh, it could be, it's it's more demographic than geographic, I would say, because I don't think in terms of distance, there is not much of a distance. It's a small country. But mm. that's my solution. That's my understanding. But yeah, like you said, this is something I think about like all the time i understand the language i would say not fairly well but moderately well and when i listen to the news it's like oh the government did this the government did that it's it is propaganda but people are able to see through the propaganda as well at mm. least the ones that you would speak to at least once in like belgrade i would say the people i have spoken to but there is also this thing which is not new to say liberals these days where we are like we know this is happening there is awareness but what can we do except nothing kind of thing i think it would be unfair to say that nothing is happening because there are protests people take to the streets often people do express dissent and grievances but there is also this attitude that you know despite whatever we do not much is going to change in the near future and just on a day-to-day -day basis, is life in Belgrade very enjoyable? Because I found that perhaps some of the infrastructure could be improved in terms of public transport. But apart from that, I found it was pretty nice, livable city. And you can imagine living there. Exactly. And and most people do, you know, like mm. there is a big and a, and a booming expat crowd and an international crowd in Belgrade. I think specifically for the reason you mentioned, it is easy going. And when people get here, they realize that, like you said, you, you pointed out rightly, right? It's like there is this difference between what's portrayed and how the lived reality. And it's very different. And once people come here because they were they didn't hear or or they might have not gotten such positive, far away feeling from it versus when they come here that, oh, it's actually not that bad. So 
when you put it in context that it's different and when you talk about infrastructure i do feel that but for me it's i actually don't mind it at all because for me the context that i'm referring to is like new york boston bombay right so yeah. belgrade seems pretty calm and and nice and yeah you're right like there could be more buses and stuff but i think that is because it has grown beyond its means in the recent past maybe the last decade or maybe the decade before that belgrade was always a big city i i'm given to understand but i think it has attracted crowds from across the world in the recent past and it has not been able to keep up with you know the influx of people that's my understanding but in terms of day to day life i honestly feel very very welcomed i don't know mm. how else to say this and when i tell this to the locals or even my my family here they think that that's because i'm not from here and people from here don't get treated the same way as like foreigners that's their belief but i don't know i think it still goes to say a lot about their hospitable nature right they're just they're just hospitable people no matter where i go even if i try to speak the language wrong they are so happy that i try and they're willing to respond to me in a language i understand which feels so welcoming it's it's really a breath of fresh air and i would say the way i can put it is that i am welcomed more with curiosity rather than judgment or any kind of bias i'm not saying there's absence of bias because we are not absent of you know there's nothing or nobody's devo- devoid of bias but the way i think of it is they're more curious to learn my story rather than to assume that this is what i do because i come from a certain place and i look a certain way or whatever which to me is very refreshing to see coming from i don't know the us where there is a big and sizable indian population also in germany i think i'm happy to be at a place which is which still looks at india in a very revered and respectful sense which is new to me <laughs> what is your mantra for success oh wow that's a loaded one i don't really know if i chase success as much as i chase satisfaction i think i would define success as you know if i can if i don't have to think about say the next couple of months of like where i will be what i will be doing where i will be getting my lunch from or dinner from and i can do whatever i want i'm successful i think everybody has a different measure but for me it's more lateral than it is hierarchical or progressive if that makes sense <laughs> finally do you have some words for future aspiring youth i think it would just be not to be afraid of exploring far away shores right like i think there is an obsession with finding community and following that community i think we'd be doing disservice to ourselves if we didn't think that we could build the community we want to be a part of so that would be what i would want to say is that if we want to build a community we shouldn't be afraid to start one and just to explore places that we wouldn't have thought we would get to that was shrividya kalanyaram and this is success across boundaries with me reman bacon please tune in next time to see who we will talk to next